0: Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host,
1: Seth Martin. All right, how is everybody this evening? Welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, I don't know if you saw this BBC interview of Elon Musk. It was actually very entertaining. In fact, uh, Elon Musk basically turned the tables on the guy and started interviewing him. And I just thought it was a it was a really entertaining, interesting conversation. Uh, they talked about uh, about misinformation and um, Twitter and some of Twitter's policies and, you know, Elon Musk is a tough interviewer, right? Because you, you, he's a tough interview because he pushes back, you know, and he's very uh, logical in his thinking. So if you ask him a question that doesn't make sense or, you know, is not grounded in some sort of reality, he really makes you pay. I mean, he, he, he basically makes you look like an idiot. And he does a real number on this guy with the BBC, and I thought it was just fantastically entertaining. And I thought we'd have a little fun with it tonight if you haven't heard it. Uh, a lot of people, I was talking to people about this. It's been out for a little while, and not many people had seen it. And so I was kind of surprised. So I thought I would go ahead and uh, play it here on the show and just stop here and there and and dig deeper into... Uh, the way this guy was asking questions from the BBC, because, um, the, these left leaning reporters and stuff, they, they tend to, they tend to ask questions like, well, you know, everybody is saying that, you know, hate speech is worse on Twitter now. Well, who, who's saying that, you know, who's everybody well, you know, there's people reporting that what people, you know, I mean, you know, they're just very vague, you know, about their questioning, but most people don't take them to task. They just, um, uh, launch right into whatever their answer is. And, and so so, um, I, I thought this was, a maybe a, a great lesson in dealing with aggressive media or, you know, accusational media. And, uh, uh, you, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, watching uh, Elon Musk get interviewed. The guy is really um, he knows what he believes, right? He knows what his principles are, and you cannot really um, you can't really um, make this guy look bad unless you, you know you got some real facts. You're gonna you know address him with and, and of course none of these people do they, they they just don't it's not how they're 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 looking to throw a gotcha in there I gotcha you know kinda of thing and um, and it's just it's just not working with Elon Musk as you will see right now free speech is
2: meaningless unless you allow people uh, you don't like to say things you don't like otherwise it's relevant um, and if at the point at which you lose uh, free
0: speech, uh, it doesn't come back. I I think the issue some people have is that a lot of people were brought back. I mean, some people were brought back who uh, were previously banned for spreading things like uh, QAnon conspiracies. You have people like Andrew Tate who were brought back who were previously uh, banned for things like hate speech. Do you think you prioritize freedom of, of speech over misinformation and hate speech?
1: So right here at the beginning, Elon Musk basically lays out the rules of the game for him, right? Free speech is meaningless unless someone you hate is allowed to say something you hate. You know, he basically tells him the rules, right? And then the guy goes on to say, well, I think the issue is, you know, some of the people you brought back, you know, to Twitter, it just seems like, just wasn't the best choice, you know, like you brought Andrew Tate back and, you know, this kind of thing. And, and then my favorite, and Elon Musk didn't answer the way, I mean, when the guy asked the question, I thought for sure he was going to answer this, this particular way that I'm going to answer right now. But he said, you know, it just seems like you're prioritizing free speech over misinformation and hate speech. And my answer would have just been, yes, that's right. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, but Elon Musk doesn't do that, which I'm not disappointed because it led to a really great exchange with this guy. But I think if I was being interviewed, I would just have said, yes, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to, we want to favor free speech over misinformation and hate speech because these are misinformation and hate speech these are very arbitrary terms uh, they, they don't mean anything um, misinformation is something we've talked about this before on the program that the truth is something that is discovered right um, unless you know everybody witnesses the same thing which never happens there's a lot of back and forth, and uh, you know, discussion, and and uh, give and take, and a- agreement and disagreement, and and there, there's a process. You know, you arrive at the truth. And so, to just for someone to just say, "Hey, this is misinformation," is a is is basically a way of interfering with that process. Now, incidentally. I just want to mention here real quickly. Mark Zuckerberg even was questioned by a New York Times reporter a couple some years ago now, uh, but she basically asked him, Well, don't you think Facebook should moderate you know for misinformation and uh, disinformation and and stuff like that' And he said, Well, no, I actually don't think that I'm qualified to do that, you know, Uh, which kind of, I think, at the time, shocked this New York Times reporter. But anybody with any kind of uh, humility and just an appreciation for the complexity of knowledge and information would... I think answer that way. I think, I think a lot of these people that uh, believe that there's all this misinformation and hate speech and everything, they're the very people that, um, to me, uh, display the most hubris about the world. Like they, they act like they know everything there is to know about the world. And there's absolutely nothing that they don't understand about the world. And I, and I think that's part of the problem, right? You got, you got people that are just not, they don't have any humility. Uh, they, they're, you know, they just don't, they don't have a reverence for how much, um, they don't know that they don't actually understand about the world. And, and, I think this, you know, a lot of times leads people to act the way they do. You know, where they're just so sure of themselves, and maybe you're sitting there thinking, "Well, Seth, you're acting like that." "Eh, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I I try not to uh, act so sure of myself, but uh, I, you know, I don't feel like I know everything. I don't. I don't. I don't claim to know everything. Uh, what I do is I try to distill things down into basic principles and then, and then I try to, my explanations kind of follow from that. But clearly these people have no principles. I mean, they just, they just have their opinions. That's all they have. And they're not grounded in any kind of logic or reality or principle or anything. And so you get crazy conversations like this one.
2: Well, you know, who's to say that something is misinformation, um, who's the arbiter of that?
0: Is it the BBC? Yeah, you're literally asking me? Yes. Well, no, you, you, who are is the the arbiter? you are the arbiter on Twitter, because you
2: own Twitter. Yes, I'm saying, who who is to say that one person's misinformation is another person's information? Um, the point at which you, you say that... There is, uh,
0: this is misinformation, like, who is going to that? But you, but you accept that misinformation that? can be dangerous, that it can cause real-world yes. harms, that it can potentially cause, um... Yeah, so the point I'm trying to make is that the BBC itself has, at times, published things that are false. Do you agree that that has occurred? I, 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 I'm quite sure the BBC have uh, said things before that turn out to not be true right. uh, in, in its, whatever it is, 100-year history, I'm quite sure. Yes.
1: I get the sense that the BBC reporter just doesn't understand what Elon Musk is talking about. He's like, okay, you know, this is this is the this goes back to the conversation we had about the distributed mind versus the expert mind. You know, you know, we did an episode, a couple episodes uh, ago, about the market is always right. And the reason the market is always right is because you're talking about millions and billions of minds that are acting in in in, in their interest that will always be even if they're not smarter they'll always be um, collectively smarter than some expert, and this is kind of what this is kind of along the lines of what. Elon Musk is talking about. He's like, well, who would do that? Who would be the arbiter of that? And the guy goes, well, you would be at Twitter. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, like, like Elon Musk, what duplicates himself a thousand times at Twitter, and he's got people reading their posts. And I mean, it's like this whole fact checking thing. It's the dumbest thing ever, right? Because what they do is they, it's not always inaccurate, but uh, these fact checkers are always fact checking against some expert opinion. You saw this a lot during COVID. Somebody would say something about COVID and the fact checkers would check it against what Dr. Fauci said or what Rochelle Walensky said. And of course, we know now that many, many, many things that Dr. Fauci said turned out not to be true, right? So, you know, I mean that, that just kind of proves the point, right? Is who would who would be the arbiter of what's true and what's not true? And in the in the truth the truth is that the process of exchanging tweets and arguing about the truth would reveal the truth. You don't need somebody to stamp a badge on there that says this is mostly false or this is misinformation or some other kind of 1984-esque, you know, uh, dystopian kind of censorship label.
2: Even if you aspire to be accurate, there are times when you, you will not be.
0: We've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation, and they just say they just, there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Do, is that well, what hate that you speech are you address? talking about? I mean, you use Twitter, right? Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, I, just a personal anecdote. Like, what do you? Do? I don't personally. My uh, for you, I would see I get I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, personally, but I, I'm not going to talk to talk to the rest of for for the rest of twitter you see more hate speech personally i would say i would see more hateful content in that In that content you don't like or or hateful what do you mean to to describe a hateful thing yeah i I mean you know just content that will solicit a a reaction something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist those kinds of those kinds of things so you think if something is slightly sexist it should be banned I, n- no. Is that not, what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm, saying, well, I'm just curious. I'm trying to
2: say what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and, if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist,
0: that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me, you've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more, it, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, what I'm asking for examples.
1: So he starts off talking about how he's spoken to some people, unnamed people. This is another thing that these progressives do is they, they, you kind of get the sense that they just say that and then say what their opinion is. Like there's not really anybody they spoke to. They're just saying, yeah, I've been talking to some people around here and they just say there's not enough people to police this stuff. And of course, you know, Elon Musk, he's like, what, you know, what, what are you talking about exactly? What, you know, there's a spectrum of speech, let's say, okay. Where where does hate speech fall on that spectrum? What does it look like to you? And he just can't pin the guy down. Why? Because the guy's not, he doesn't actually have any examples. He just has an opinion about twitter and what kind of speech is on there and it's bad that elon musk has purchased the company along with a bunch of investors and has fired 80 percent of the workforce all this is bad in this guy's opinion and so he's just trying to get something to stick to elon musk and elon musk i think is is like thinks this is a serious conversation, you know? I mean, he thinks, oh, okay, this guy wants to really kind of define hate speech and really have a conversation about what kind of speech is hateful. And it turns out the guy doesn't really want to have that conversation at all. He just wants to label Elon Musk and the new Twitter as a hateful platform. And he doesn't want to give any evidence. He doesn't even want to bring any kind of anecdotal evidence uh, that he may have experienced personally. And my belief is, is that because none of this is actually true. He's just, it's just his opinion. And then of course, but he's, he's cloaking it in, in conversations or what, what I've experienced in my feed and then. What uh, Elon Musk is doing is to say, well, fine, give me an example so I so I can know exactly what you think, like where your measure, your hate speech measurement uh, dial, you know, is located. He's trying to understand what you think, you know, what this BBC reporter thinks is hateful. And of course, the guy, you know, doesn't want to engage in this because he doesn't actually have any examples. He probably doesn't have any of the, he probably hasn't spoken to anybody like he said, and he probably uh, doesn't have any, uh, probably never saw anything in his feed that was hateful. Unless it was something directed at him personally, like, like you're an idiot, your opinions are stupid, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I see that in Twitter. And if you can't take that in Twitter, like if you say something and somebody says, dude, you're an idiot, or you just, you're. Thinking is all screwed up, or whatever somebody people say on Twitter. If you can't take that, then you should probably not be a journalist. I mean, you're just not tough enough to get to the bottom of any kind of story that people really want to know anything about. But I just think it's I just think it's funny that Elon Musk is like, oh, okay, you want to you want to talk about hate speech? You know, let's let's have some examples. And the guy's just got nothing.
0: Right. Can, you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't use I, I, not You I don't can't use, name a I, single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you said actually, you've, a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only well, look well, at it. on a my second. You said you've seen following. more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, I'm then, I'm how did you
2: not. see the hateful content?
0: Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether, whether it has a my Give me feed one or example. not, I mean, I, right, and literally you can can't name one. look at something like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U, in the UK, they will say that. So you, they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I you, don't think you, this is getting anywhere. You literally
2: said you experienced more hateful content and then
0: couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, that's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then would how say, would you know this hateful weeks. content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We, have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, wow. COVID misinformation.
1: So Elon Musk perfectly lays out the scenario to the guy. And then he goes... I, I submit to you, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? And then he says something like, well, many organizations have reported that, you know, whatever he said, I don't, I don't even know. And, and, and Elon Musk says, well, all kinds of people say all kinds of nonsense. I'm asking you for a specific example. And he Guy just does not want to give one. He doesn't have one because he probably hasn't seen one. At least not one that hasn't been directed at him for saying something stupid, and I just think this is funny. Then he then he finally goes, he's like, you just lied, you just lied, and the guy's like, no, no. I mean, what a what an entertaining interview. The guy just, I think Elon Musk is right. The guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just talking about generalizations and what, what people in his little world are saying about Twitter. That's all this is. Him and his friends get together. They talk about Twitter and all the hateful things that are going on in there. And they don't actually have any experience with any hateful things going on in there. But they're talking about it as if it's reality to them. This is, this is something we've been talking about, you know, about how um, there's like a reality that some of these people are experiencing that just doesn't exist. Like they're experiencing white supremacy. <laughs> it's just like, where? Where are you seeing that? Or they're experiencing, um, you know, all these aggressions, uh, against black people and minorities. You know, we heard that uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, Gavin Newsom was talking, or maybe it wasn't a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago. He was talking about how 50 years of civil rights and civil liberties uh, are just being rolled back by the Republicans because... Um, they're attacking people in minority communities, and uh, black communities, and trans communities, and all this stuff. And this is just—it's just this is not even real. Um, we talked about how uh, Ron DeSantis is pushing back um, against some of the the encroachments that are going on in Florida. But the encroachments came first. He's pushing back. These are this is not rolling back fifty years of civil liberties. This is, this, these are activist groups that are pushing basically filth and pornography. Like like children like almost like children's romance novels, except it's not romance, it's like deviant sex stories in books. And these books are being pushed into libraries and you know transgender story hours being pushed or you know th- these teachers want to talk about they want to groom these children in the classroom. And and so this is an encroachment on on what's been happening and you and you got Ron DeSantis pushing back. That is not that is very different than you know, Republicans are running roughshod over people's civil liberties that they spent the last fifty years acquiring. This is—it's like two different realities going on here, and uh, and it's—it's it's insane, really. I mean, we are living—well, maybe not half, but a good forty percent of our population is insane. I mean, literally can't deal with a reality. And so they've created some sort of alternate reality to cope, to make themselves feel better, to soothe their sick little souls. I mean, that's what it seems like is going on in America. And man, I hope Elon Musk does a bunch of more interviews because this kind of thing needs to happen more and more. These people, these people getting interviewed need to push back on this. And say, no, no, no. In fact, it makes me want to go out and do some interviews. Um, I wish I had somebody to interview. I mean, you know, kind of keeping track of my job and, you know, my particular lifestyle doesn't really allow me to do interviews at, at this moment. But, man, it makes it seem like a lot of fun to do interviews because if this is how they would go, I would just enjoy the hell out of doing it you change Amazing. COVID,
0: You changed the COVID misinformation. Rules. Has BBC changed its COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm literally Has... asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, and then it then disappeared. Why, why do that?
2: Well, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation regarding masking and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government
0: to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? And this is an, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? <laughs> and this, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. We want to talk mean, about the BBC. All right, let's 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 talk about let's talk about something else. You weren't
1: expecting that. I absolutely love that. Where he goes, uh, this is not an interview about the BBC, and he goes, "Oh, you thought it wasn't." That is so awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, you uh, it, it, it's as much of an interview about the BBC as it is about Twitter, pal. You just didn't realize it. Um, yeah, so obviously the guy ch- changed the subject, right? They, he, he didn't want to talk about hate speech anymore. So he quickly changes the subject to misinformation banners, you know, before uh, Elon Musk and his fellow investors purchased Twitter, the former regime used to put these, uh, the previous regime used to put these banners on there saying this is mostly false or misinformation. And then they would try to direct you to another source or whatever. And of course, you know, Elon Musk is right. I mean, you know, why, why would we put anything about COVID? COVID's, basically over. There's no, there's no information going on about COVID anymore. Uh, Certainly not about the disease. I mean, I I suppose you could put misinformation banners on these died suddenly um, uh, tweets that people are putting out, but, you know, probably what they're doing is they're looking up the name and they're seeing that the person really is that person and they really did, did they really did die you know and most of these people are really young by the way when what you're seeing i don't know if y'all are seeing this or not or if you even use twitter but um man it com- it comes in waves right there'll be like no died suddenly things uh, posts for a month or something and then all of a sudden there'll just be a huge wave of them and we right now we're in one of these we're, we're in one of these times when there's a huge wave of these died suddenly, uh, posts. And it's usually, you know, it's a picture and it's usually a young person. I mean, almost nobody is over the age of 35 and it's, and it's died suddenly. And, um, you know, a lot of them are like 16, 16 to 23 year olds and stuff. I mean, it's, it's insane really. I mean, I don't know. I think ultimately, the mRNA vaccines will kill more people than COVID did, and and certainly, uh, way more young people. I mean, young people almost had no risk whatsoever of dying from COVID. I mean, it was like point zero zero something percent. But what you're seeing. With these these um, died suddenly things, is you're seeing people that took uh, the mRNA shot. At least one of them, and some of them took a second. But these are the, these people are dying. These kids, these young people are dying, and they had zero, almost zero risk from COVID. And in some states, and because they are university students, and they went to Cornell or some place that you know required vaccination um you know they're just they're dying at a young age their their whole life was ahead of them and it's just snuffed out and uh you know i don't know i don't know what's going to happen on that um if it's ever going to come out it may never come out there may not ever be any investigations into why some of these people are dying. Um, but this guy at the BBC, if he really wanted to be a good reporter, that would be something he could go look into instead of trying to hassle Elon Musk about, um, misinformation and hate speech on Twitter, which is essentially non-existent. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter usually daily for an hour. I don't ever see any any hate speech. And incidentally, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Investor Class. At Investor Class. And the reason I have that Twitter is a long time ago I had an investing uh, YouTube channel. And that's why it's like that. But, uh, and I just never did change it. But you can follow me there. All right, well, look, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I think uh, I think Elon Musk won. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, and I don't know, we might do some more of these Elon Musk interviews. He's done several lately. Uh, he did one with Tucker that was really interesting. We only did one segment of it, but uh, there was more. So we might go back and do that. But um, anyway, that's why you should tune in. Keep tuning in. Uh, If you do, I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again on who gets to decide.